Miami Hurricanes have a true freshman on their roster right now who's not even turned 18 yet, and he's already being described by multiple teammates as a freak of nature. Yeah, this is going to be a fun season. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's talk about what we've seen. Two weeks into fall camp for the Miami Hurricanes, there have been some ups and some downs, a lot of progress, but a lot of work still to do. I'm quoting Mario Cristobal when I say that, and we've got another scrimmage coming up on Saturday. So let's bring in my colleague at allhurricanes.com, part of the Sports Illustrated family. Luke Cheney is with us. Luke, has I think he's been out to more practices than Cristobal has at this point. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing really, really well, uh, you know, been a fun second week of or fun yeah fun second week of practice and you know I'm, I'm excited to see what or to at least to hear we won't be there to hear what happens uh from the second scrimmage on Saturday well and let's start with the player that uh, I was teasing here early on who's been described as a freak by multiple teammates you and I were both out there at the media availability yesterday and you know we asked his defensive line mate Chance Williams about him and Jared Harrison Hunt and so Nigelie Kelly true freshman 17 years old hasn't even turned 18 yet is describing as a freak of nature what have you seen out there from Nigelie Kelly Nig yeah it's Nigelie Kelly from what I've seen from him is absolutely that he is a freak of nature well, I mean just his is that is it the advancements in his skill set and how physically superior and athletically superior that he is for a for a seventeen year old? Remarkable. Um, one of the biggest things, I guess, trait wise, that I've noticed from him is that he is very very twitchy. He gets off the line like that. Uh, I mean, his it, um, Chance Williams spoke about his bend. I think. Um, Jafari Harvey also spoke about his bend. You can see that. He gets low very, very easily, despite him being 6'4". I think Chance Williams even described him as 6'6". Um, very long. He has a very long wingspan. Um, very effective in the run game. Just so explosive, so athletic. And when you look at this 2022 recruiting class, let's say three or four years from now, right, we're looking at some of the standouts from this class. I'm very confident that Nigel Kelly is going to be one of those standouts. I expect him to well, even Chance Williams said yesterday that he expects, you know, Nigel League to contribute a little bit more than a lot of people think, just given that he's a true freshman in a super, super deep defensive line uh, position group. I think Nigel Lee Kelly will play early. I don't think he'll start, but I think he will play. And I think he will have a very good career here, at least from what we've seen so far. I mean, 
what I've been absolutely just pleasantly surprised because I didn't expect this type of contribution and this type of you know instant impact from a 17 year old true freshman. Yeah, and, and he's he's already got the build where you would never guess he's 17 years old. And and he's, of course, Nigel e. Kelly representing South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Dillard. So 305, and in his case, 954, very well represented on this Miami Hurricanes roster. And Luke, it's um there, there's a lot of depth. Um, you know, on paper, sure, I say that because we haven't played a game yet, but I, I think that the on-paper depth is going to translate to big things during the year. When you think about that defensive line, you know, Akeem Mesador, who transferred in from West Virginia, he was supposedly really dominant in that first scrimmage. Uh, everyone has nice things to say about Mitch Agude from UCLA. You know, we don't forget about Leonard Taylor, who's back, and Jared Harrison Hunt, who we spoke to, and Jafari Harvey, who we've spoken to recently. And so, you know, you mentioned something there with Nigel Lee Kelly, how, you know, you don't think he's going to start. Yeah, but I say I don't even know if it matters who starts because they've just they've got so many quality bodies on that D line, and some of these guys are capable of playing tackle and edge. You know, people like uh, like Mesador and, and Chance Williams, I think, are pretty versatile around that line, and others that uh, it's just going to be such a steady rotation. Guys who don't necessarily start are going to be out there making TFLs and sacks. Yeah, I mean, even uh, to credit two four seven, they even notice that Leonard Taylor has been taking snaps at edge. Wow. So yeah. Just the, the versatility within that unit. There's been a lot of cross training going on guys practicing both inside, outside. The depth is insane. The depth is absolutely insane. And just look at the guys that they added in the off season. They added five instant impact players to the transfer portal. And I, I think all five players are going to contribute in some capacity um, three players or three defensive linemen to, um, through its 2022 recruiting class. I think I mentioned this the last time I was on, but when the depth chart comes out, when the starters are released, you really can't pay much attention to it because, as you mentioned, a lot of guys are going to play a lot. It's going to be a lot of rotation. There's going to be a lot of guys who aren't necessarily starters who are going to play some starter reps that just – a testament to the overall depth of the unit itself. I mean, Mario Cristobal and the Miami staff did just a tremendous job building this in the course of just one off season. I mean, the only thing that I think is missing from this defensive line is your elite, you know, proven pass rusher. Cause even though there's, there's guys who have proven to do that successfully, you don't have your, Jalen Phillips, or you, at least we'll see, but you don't have your Jalen Phillips, your Greg Rousseau. You don't have that top-end edge rusher. But, you know, just given the depth of the unit, it wouldn't be a surprise if a Chance Williams, uh, you know, fills into that role. A Jafari Harvey, who, you know, a lot of fans have been just waiting for him to kind of put it all together, if he actually is able to do that. Maybe Nigel Lee Kelly is, has this freshman season just – you know, um, I mean, there's so many guys who could potentially step into that elite pass rusher role. And I mean, Caleb Johnson mentioned it, linebacker Caleb Johnson, Johnson mentioned it in a press conference I, earlier this week that Miami's defensive line is the best in the nation. I don't know about that, but I think it could be up there just given the overall lack or the overall, you know, abundance of, not, not only depth, but, you know, quality depth. Mm. 
So uh, there's one more guy on the D-line I want to ask you about. And just a spoiler alert, he is going to be on the inaugural first team all Dono. I'm going to start releasing these. And, and these are, Luke, these are not necessarily the best players on the team. Maybe some of them absolutely will be. But these are players that I have an unhealthy fascination with and that members of our listening audience maybe have an unhealthy fascination with. So we're putting together a first-team Aldano. A guy who makes the cut, no question, is Daryl Jackson, the six-foot-six defensive tackle who transferred in from Maryland. You know, I, I snuck in a question about him to Chance. Well, Daryl didn't speak yesterday. Chance Williams did, and I asked Chance about Daryl. First thing he says is, oh, the man-child. That's what he said. So well, what are you seeing from and hearing about Daryl Jackson so far? Yeah, he is, as Chance Williams said, an absolute man-child because he is 6'6", 300 pounds, and, you know, there's not much, I guess, fat, but like fat in that 300 pounds. Like, he is yeah. 300 – he's a, he's a tank. I mean, I mean, for lack of a better term, he's an absolute tank. And just having a guy like that in your defensive line rotation is absolutely huge. Um, looking at some of the D-linemen the who were up first in – drills or I guess were the first team in drills that at least what the media saw yesterday you saw Jafari Harvey you saw Jared Harrison Hunt um, another one of those guys you saw is Darrell Jackson having a guy like that like I said in your rotation someone who can just clog up the run game because that's what he will do and just given the monstrous size of him he just give something that the rest of the room doesn't have. You know, I mean, the, the, the thing with all this depth is that it's nice to have players who could, you know, fill different needs. You have your Chance Williams and your Akeem Mesidor, your Mitch Agude for some of your pass rushing needs, okay? But, I mean, when it comes to stuff in the run, you have your Jared Harrison Hunt, you have – Jarrell Jackson, who I think will play a sizable role this year. He might even be a starter. Uh, and just given his physical attributes, he, as Chance Williams said, is not is a man child. He's an absolute freak. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. All right, so you guys want to stick around. We have a lot more to cover here with Luke Cheney from AllHurricanes.com and from the Miami Hurricane newspaper. We've got to talk about drops. Have we seen improvement? Have we seen improvement from wide receivers catching passes? We're going to talk about that right after we talk about betonline.net. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, college sports, uh, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering info from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered, guys, and they have all those college football futures. You want to lock in Miami over 8.5 before the season starts. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you again for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey college football insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot, guys. Search ultimate college football preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Luke Cheney is with me, breaking down two weeks of Miami Hurricanes fall camp. So, Luke... Uh, last Saturday in the, the super secret scrimmage that we couldn't watch, there were reports about wide receiver drops. 
Then on Monday, in a practice the media was able to watch, there were wide receiver drops. Now, Thursday was also open to the media. Did you see improvement in receivers holding on to footballs? I did, which was which yes, which is which is great for the team because just I used to briefly go back on Monday a little bit. It was it was rough. Like it, it mm. was it was rough. Uh, and it wasn't just like one or two guys. It was just the collective unit. Um, just it, it was mostly end zone work. Just a lot of drops. Footwork wasn't great. Coach Guys wasn't happy. It it, just, it was just a sloppy day of practice, which happens. It happens, but you don't love to see it. You know, it's 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 not encouraging, especially when there's reports coming from you know the Saturday scrimmage that there were drops. So, you know, it's we don't know what happened on that Tuesday or Wednesday practice just because it was closed off to the media. But from you know what I saw Thursday those drops were definitely cut down. And the receivers did have a very, very good bounce back day of practice. From what I saw, there was only one drop that was a very catchable pass, and that was uh, dropped by Brashard Smith. Aside from that, he was very good. Um, I also saw, and this is just from what I've seen, there, there could have been, well, when my back was turned, they all could have been dropping every pass, but at least from... <laughs> You know, you know they, they they only want to look good for Luke Cheney. As exactly. long as Luke is looking, they're like, guys, Luke, Luke is watching us. We got to catch everything. Oh, guys, don't worry about it yeah, now. No, Luke's back his turn. Yeah, no, when I'm watching the DVs, they, they could care less. Um, but no, so uh, there was also a pass thrown to uh, Mel Brinson that I wouldn't consider it a drop just because it was thrown very behind him. And I don't think it was very catchable, but he did. It's a touch his his hand or his hand, um, I wouldn't consider a drop. Some people would consider a drop, but aside from the point, but besides that, uh, the receivers were definitely uh, a lot more, a little, a lot better on Thursday. Like I said, less drops. Fork was, you know, more crisp. Um, Coach Yadis wasn't on his guys as much. So it was definitely a good bounce back day and definitely very curious to see, you know, what we hear coming out um, from that scrimmage this Saturday. Like I said, we won't be there, so it'll all just be, you know, word. But it would definitely be encouraging to see, you know, the wide receiver unit really just start to build good practices, good scrimmages ahead of the season. That'll be fantastic. And another thing that you noted in uh, in your takeaways piece from Thursday's practice is, you know, also, of course, running backs are going to catch passes as well. I think that's going to be a big part of this offense. And you referred to Jalen Knighton, the rooster, as the most natural-looking running back in the passing game. Tell me what you meant by that. Yeah, he is the guy that just looks the most natural, running routes, catching passes, turning up field. Uh, He is definitely the most proven production-wise in that room uh, in the receiving game. He had, I think, 20 catches for 280 yards last year in the receiving game. And three touchdowns, too, yeah. Three touchdowns. Ballpark, I'm not sure if I exactly have those numbers right, but as you mentioned, three touchdowns as well. Uh, He was very effective in the the receiving game. I'm sure a lot of you remember the catch and touchdown he had against UNC. Um, And he was someone that was a natural pass catcher coming out of high school uh, that's always been seen as a strength for him in the one practice that the media was you know, able to see everything he was even used sometimes as an outside receiver oh i love that so it kind of speaks to just the versatility within Jalen nine's game and the 
almost Swiss Army knife usage that I expect from him this year because, you know, given the depth of the running back room and, to, you know, to make players happy to whatever, you're going to see guys being like a Jalen Nine being used in multiple roles than just as a prototypical running back. There, there, I mean, there, there could be – there will – I expect there to be formations which have two running backs. You know, sometimes both are in the backfield. Sometimes you might have Jalen, Jalen Nine in the slot or in the boundary. Um, and that just kind of speaks to his uh, to his game. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, I think Jalen Nine is the most natural pass catcher, pass catcher in that room. Uh, someone like a Henry Parrish – is uh, someone who I'm more intrigued. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see him in the receiving game. I don't really know much about him in that regard, but yeah, I only um, I don't I don't know either because uh, I didn't I didn't scout a whole lot of Ole Miss last year. But yeah. I do I do see that he put up not not the touch. I don't think he scored any receiving touchdowns, but just catches and yardage wise, very similar stats last year to night and so i was kind of curious about parish if we've seen if we've seen him, him him catching a lot of balls as well yeah no I mean, uh he has he's he's very he looks very smooth i mean one thing i will say with you know night and parish is that they both move similar uh similarly and just that they're guys who like you know bending runs and bending catches outside getting outside the tackles real the real threats in the open field so i definitely expect to see parish being used in the passing game uh, someone who doesn't, I don't think, I don't think it's talked about enough uh, just for his pass catching abilities is Thad Franklin. Uh, you know, people kind of box him in as just this like this bull, workhorse, whatever. He can move, guys. He can move. He has light feet. He has really good hands just given his basketball background. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if a, lot, if a lot of you guys know this, but he was actually the top 100 basketball player in the country wow. in middle school. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that. But, he was. It was. Um, so, yeah, definitely has that basketball background. Uh, his hands from that are a testament to that background. And uh, his hands through the fall and through spring, now through the fall, have been very consistent. He has good hands. Um, and I expect him to use in the passing game sometimes, especially. Uh, I expect him to use a lot of third and longs, given that he is a very good pass protector, just given that he is an absolute beast physically. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we we could see that Franklin catch some passes and, and look pretty good while doing so. We did an episode earlier this week on Locked On Canes about how Tyler Van Dyke was named a top twenty-five player preseason by ESPN, and I went out, out on a limb, Luke, saying that he is not only going to live up to but also exceed the very high expectations. I'm wearing a TVD T-shirt today, so I'm all in. Um, Tyler Van Dyke, is he still, because we spoke to you about eight days ago, and you said he's looking excellent. Is TVD still looking good? No, it's it's just eight, eight days. It's just like, no, no. <laughs> no he's, looked, uh, he's looked excellent. He looked really good as usual yesterday. He had a couple really, really, really nice deep passes to Xavier Estrepo. I mean, like, perfect. Just Ooh. Picture perfect passes, forty yard pass to Xavier Estrepo, riding the money. Um, just his ball placement, especially on deep on deep passes, is uh, just I, otherworldly. It's it's truly incredible. He is just a step above everyone else in that unit, and that's not to disrespect you know Jake Garcia or Jake Curry Brown or Jagari um, Brown, but he's just that elite. He's just that good. Jake Garcia has been doing his thing. Uh, very good in the short and intermediate game. 
And someone who I want to talk about a little bit is, you know, Jakari Brown, just because he got to a little bit of a rough start in the beginning of fall practice. Not bad throughout the entirety of practices, but just inconsistent. You saw flashes of, you know, growth, and then sometimes he was very erratic. So you really wanted him to start building more consistent practices together, start stringing that uh, consistency. And we're starting to see that. He was pretty, pretty solid on Thursday. Good. One thing that has been his kryptonite of sorts is the throwing net, just because my um, um, Coach Ponce and, you know, the coaches, they really like emphasizing that net when it comes to rolling out, um, working on their 20-yard outs. Um, it, it's just something that they use, and that's something that Shikari Brown has struggled with a little bit, just consistency-wise, but he was very good um, with the throwing net on Thursday. He was very good in the you know QB wide receiver route combos that they were doing towards the end of the media viewing portion of practice on th- um, on Thursday, and it's encouraging to see development wise that you're starting to see that consistency because we all know about Jakari Brown that he is not uh, someone that's going to play year one, probably not going to play year two. Yeah, he, he, he might make a cameo in, like, the Bethune-Cookman game. Other than that, yeah, yeah. we're not going to see him. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you're looking at him as trajectory as someone who could contend for serious playing time and could contend to be a starter in that year three. So, like I mentioned, if, if you start to see consistency now, start to see growth within his game, growth within his footwork, um, that's very encouraging for his trajectory to be – that potential starter by year three. I want to make a note for everybody, um, whether you're an audio listener or a video viewer, um, we are going to have on our YouTube channel coming out later today, uh, video interviews from their media scrums from Tyler Van Dyke and Mario Cristobal. So you have that to look forward to. And I'm, I'm sure I or Luke or someone else is going to ask TVD about his wide receivers catching passes. I, I asked him about that last week, so maybe I'm kind of afraid to ask him this week because I don't want him to be like, oh, this is the guy who asked me about my receivers every single week. So maybe I'll let Luke do it today. Uh, but Luke, last thing, sir, before we let you run, uh, what do you think uh, the Canes want to and need to accomplish in the second scrimmage on Saturday? Because from where I sit, uh, the offense needs to counterpunch because it sounds like the defense won the day the first time around. What do you think needs to happen in the second scrimmage? Yeah, so reports uh, coming back from the first scrimmage was that advantage defense, advantage defensive line, want to see more pushback from the offensive line. Um, you know, you want to see that improvement that a lot of the alignment have been talking about. Um, so we'll, we'll watch out for that. Biggest thing I'm watching out for and my biggest concern on this offense is the wide receivers. Want to see them cut down on drop passes. Want to see them. Um, just build more consistency within the unit. You would like to see some of those potential starters really start to um, rise to the top uh, and kind of cement themselves as those starters because I really think Xavier Strepo is the only one who's really done that. So biggest thing that I am waiting to hear about is how the wide receivers play because that will just be huge for the rest of the offense. You want to follow this man on Twitter at Luke underscore Cheney four. Check out his work at allhurricanes.com and the Miami Hurricane newspaper. Luke, thank you so much, man. I'll see you out there uh, in a little bit. Thank you, man. Yeah, I love being on here. Awesome. Yeah, we, we love having Luke. He does a fantastic job. Guys, keep it locked because you remember a couple days ago, we talked about the Washington Twins. 
and a certain other college program heavily trying to flip them from Miami. Well, we got some very good news on Thursday night about their solid commitment to the U. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen and your first watch today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, and available free on YouTube. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So there was uh, early in the week a whole lot of noise about the Louisville Cardinals heavily, heavily recruiting Miami Verbal Commits, the Washington Twins, Robbie Washington, four-star wide receiver, four-star athlete technically, but he's going to play wide receiver, and Bobby Washington, three-star linebacker. They've been verbally committed to Miami for months. Louisville has been making a heavy, heavy push, as they've been doing with a lot of South Florida players, right? They recently landed a verbal from Stan Quan Clark and from William Foles out of South Florida. They were trying to flip the Washington Twins. So the Washington Twins... We're, we're out uh, Thursday night high school action last night at Fort Lauderdale Cardinal Gibbons. They were out there. Um, that was, uh, I think I already said it, Thursday night, last night, Thursday night. We're recording this on Friday. And they put it to rest. They were asked about their commitment to Miami, the interest in Louisville. They have canceled plans, according to Kane Sport. They have canceled plans to take an official visit to Louisville. And according to John Garcia at Sports Illustrated, Bobby Washington said, quote, got to stick with the crib, he said. And then Robbie was asked about his recruitment. He said, uh, no, done. He said, done to Miami. And he added, yes, sir, when asked if he and Bobby were headed to play football for Miami. So obviously, I know what some of you are going to say in the comments. It could still change, right? You know, it's August now they don't sign nobody signs their national letters of intent until December at the earliest but I think that's a really really good sign for people like me who really want the Washington Twins to stick with their Miami commit they are doing whatever they can to put the Louisville rumors and reports to bed so I love that that is a very positive update and I'm glad that you know any of you who caught wind of this stuff on social media, the message boards, or my show. I think it was on Wednesday when we talked about the Washington Twins in Louisville. I'm glad you guys kept it really civil. Like, don't ever, if you think a recruit may be wavering or something, you know, don't don't be mean on social media. You're not accomplishing anything. So I'm glad you guys were cool about it. So uh, I mentioned earlier, throughout the next couple of weeks, before Miami takes the field against Bethune-Cookman, we are going to be releasing... First team all Dono. I'm going to go 11 players, first team all Dono, players that either me personally or some of you guys in our audience have just like an unhealthy fascination with players that we that we just really, really root for and we want to see succeed and ball out this year. I already tipped my hand. I'm going to give you three first team all Dono. We'll give you some more throughout the next uh, the next week and a half or so. I tipped my hand to this when we were talking with Luke. Six foot six. 300-plus pound defensive tackle transfer from Maryland, Daryl Jackson, or is it Darrell Jackson? I got to confirm the pronunciation of that. But Mr. Jackson, I am telling you guys, first team all Dono. This is a player I have been tracking since the day he transferred to the U in the portal. And uh, and I think that with his athleticism, his reach, and that man-child nature of his, I think he's going to really dominate. Uh, let me give you a couple more. I'll give you another transfer portal guy. 
who's first team all Dono. I have a fascination with this player, Colby Young. And another, I have fascinations with players with very long wingspans. Colby Young, six foot four wide receiver, massive wingspan, transferred in from junior college. Uh, he's, he's had some good work so far in, uh, in fall camp. And then the third one that I'll give to you is, and I think this guy is going to be a starter and one of the featured players this year, so I'm not breaking any news here, but another transfer portal guy, Caleb Johnson, transfer linebacker from UCLA. He might be the single most important transfer Miami landed this year because it's at a position of great need. So I think Caleb Johnson is going to solidify a position that without his presence wouldn't be very deep this year. And so those are the three first team all Dono that we're going to debut three transfer portal guys, Daryl Jackson, Colby Young and Caleb Johnson. So, folks, remember uh, on our YouTube channel later on today, make sure you subscribe to that. We are going to have videos posted from Tyler Van Dyke and Mario Cristobal. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. Get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen every day. Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked on take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Locked on ACC. We will talk to you guys again. We will have weekend episodes, by the way. So we will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team.